Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We've been trying to give tribute to Bruce Springsteen on his 70th birthday today with our bump music. We've also tried to give a tribute to Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. I think I have him now. Coach, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm here. Ah, the the wonders of modern technology. Yeah. Thank goodness, man. Thank goodness. Yeah. It, it's probably on our end. You're, you're the guy who keeps winning football games and national championships. Odds are we're the ones screwing up. Uh, tell, let's start here as you, you prepare your Tigers for a trip to Chapel Hill. Everybody knows that you're a two-time national champion and a five-time ACC champion. Not everybody realizes that you were 19-15 and 15 in your first 34 games at Clemson as the head coach, and now you're 101-15 and 15 since then. How do you explain to outsiders how you go from there to here? Uh, you know, one day at a time and, and uh, just – you know, getting better as you go. I mean, we started out uh, four and three. That my, my interim year went four and two, and then got the job, and then obviously went to the Gator Bowl and got beat by a good Nebraska team that year in a tight game, and uh, came back the next year, won nine games. And you know, a lot of people say we started slow, but we we played for the championship two out of the first three years. Yeah. But, uh, we we won our we played for the league in nine, got beat, and then we won it in eleven. But two thousand ten was really the year uh, that kind of we, we lost seven games. And uh, we, we, we were 6-6, six and six, but we lost six games by, uh, you know, six points or less. And two of them were in overtime. Uh, in fact, one of them was up in Chapel Hill uh, that year, but two of the games were in overtime, one to Auburn who won the national championship, one at Tallahassee. And, and so, but, but I tell people all the time, that's the year where I knew – what we were building was taking root, you know, and that, I always, people always ask me, oh, when did you know when? And I'm like, 2010. Yeah. Uh, because of how our team competed. I mean, we were in every game and they just battled their tails off. And, and I could just see, uh, the culture starting to take root in our second year. And then we come back the next year. Uh, so we, we learned how to handle adversity. You know, first year we won the division, played for the championship. It's all good. The next year, we had to learn how to handle adversity and kind of find out what we were made of and stay the course. You know, we were challenged and, and it's so easy to panic and, 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 uh, you know, uh, jump ship or so forth, but we stayed the course and, and then we come out the next year and we, we go eight and oh and, and, uh, you know, we're the toast of the town. And at that point we hadn't won 10 games since like 1990 or 91. We hadn't won the league since 90 or 91 and, and we didn't know how to win. Now we don't know how to handle success, and so that was all part of it, and we kind of were up and down to finish the year, but we did win the league, got killed in the bowl game, uh, but it was just all part of getting better, and then we come back the next year and won 11, and the next year won 11, and then it was you know, kind of on from there, and, and so just started really uh, learning how to win, learning how to practice, recruiting the right guys, uh, establishing and nurturing the culture every day, getting getting, uh, you know, my staff fully in place. You know, when I, I yeah. got the job in a very weird way as an interim, and, and then I get the job, and so I kept all of Tommy Bowden's staff. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was like two guys, and one guy left, and and uh, I, I, I did hire, I did change coordinator, defense coordinators. But um, so after that second year, you know, it was able, I, I was kind of able to transition and, and really kind of put things in place the way I wanted, you know, from a staff standpoint, and 
and we just have kind of grown from there. So, you know, but to, long story short, just the good Lord, you know, the good Lord has just blessed us and, 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 and given me vision and, and, uh, you know, just great people that have bought into the way I want to do things and, and a bunch of young players that have come to Clemson and, and, uh, you know, have, have, have been great ambassadors for this program, uh, even to this day. So it's been a, a wonderful, this is my 11th year and, uh, you know, hopefully we can. We got a lot more good times in, in front of us. Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney joining us. It's eight straight years where his Tigers have won ten or more games. Last year, remember, it was the first in college football history, fifteen and zero campaign, as the Tigers claimed a second national title on Coach Sweeney's watch. Y'all have gotten to the point, Coach. I love this. At halftime of your win over Charlotte. Disney was filming a fake Clemson team running down the hill for movie purposes. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like an all-in Clemson football feature on the ACC network. And, of course, you knew you were going to get the question, who gets to play Dabo in a movie? And, and I loved your choice of uh, Matthew McConaughey over Tom Cruise. But uh, tell us more about that and also... You haven't lost your sort of tunnel vision, even as you've embraced this bigger platform. How do you do both of those things? Uh, well, um, Matt, I like Matthew McConaughey, uh, <laughs> so he, even, even though he's a Texas guy, and uh, you know, I was Tom Cruise is too short. So, uh, but the, but but the movie thing, uh, you know, there was a player here. I think he finished in six or seven. I was an assistant named Ray Ray McElrathy, and. That's what the movie's about, uh, you know, when his when his little brother, you know, had to come live with him and, you know, Clemson had to appeal to the NCAA. There was kind of a crisis situation. Right. And, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a neat story. And, and so I think it's something that's been out there for a long time, but for whatever reason, it just now kind of came to fruition all these years later. So it was kind of wild. You know, I was walking off the field at halftime, and, I, and all of a sudden the cannon goes off, and here comes the Hollywood Tigers coming down the hill. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a surreal moment. And, uh, but, uh, you know, for me, I, you know, I just, I just try to keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, uh, and you know, that's my faith, that's my family. And, and then, uh, just stay focused on, you know, this program and, uh, you know, the people involved in this program and keep my life simple. And I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I, I love, I, this is my best time of year. I, I love the structure. I love preparing, uh, I like the day to day grind and, uh, just like being with the guys, so you know that that uh, helps me to to stay focused. Coach, we had Will Healy of Charlotte on recently. Of course, we just had Mac Brown on the program as well. Coach Healy says he wouldn't describe you guys as close friends, but you've connected by phone many times over the years. And there was a recent article at ESPN.com where it was Will Healy talking about you and your ideas as an inspiration for him. It was Matt Campbell of Iowa State. It was Scott Satterfield, formerly of App State here in our backyard, now at Louisville, of course. I mean, you're only 49 years old. Aren't you too young to have, like, these disciples everywhere, even though they're not technically members of your coaching tree? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely young. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I, I still feel, you know, 39, but... Um, you know that's pretty cool. Uh, it is because I mean when we when we started our program uh, back in nine. I mean one of the very clear things uh, that I said to the board back in those days was you know I want to build a program where other people want to emulate. I want to build a model program, and uh, you know I mean not. And so I think that's cool. Uh, I, Will's one of the real bright young coaches in this business, and so are 
Matt and Satterfield, and, and I'm really humbled that those guys would even, um, you know, just make nice comments like yeah. that. Uh, but I think it's cool because, you know, not everybody's going to get a chance to come to Clemson. And I know what these guys get in this program and, and, and the opportunities that they get to, to grow as just people and what they get exposed to and, you know, what a blessing it is to be here for all of us. And, uh, and it's just it's, it's cool to know that there's some other kids out there that are maybe going to be able to experience some things that, that we get here at Clemson, maybe because they've been, been, been in, their coaches have been inspired by how we do things. I, I think that's a real, real cool thing. And uh, one of the neat things about coaching, too, is, is that it is a fraternity, and, you know, coaches share things and share information, and a lot of people have been very gracious to me and, and shared things with me and, and uh, been mentors to me, and so I'm, I'm always honored, especially good guys, you know, that, that I think are about the right things. And uh, Will Healy is, is definitely one of those guys, and it's neat to be able to finally get a chance to meet him and meet his wife and his, and his son. And um, he's got he's got it he's got that thing going in the right direction there in Charlotte, and don't have any doubt he'll be successful. Coach, I'll never forget you sharing with us and others the story of you as a high school player, where the cheerleaders had some kind of a tradition. And they weren't sure which house to go to because you had, uh, yeah. for a stretch, you know, a complicated childhood there. Yeah. I, and I know that helps you identify with a lot of young men who may come from somewhat similar circumstances. Was it the walk-on of Alabama fame when you helped the Crimson Tide win that national title back, back in the early 90s that inspired you to play 111? I didn't even know you carried 111, but that's how many you used against the 49ers. I imagine your background has something to say about why that's part of your philosophy. Yeah, well, I mean, in high school, you know, I mean, I, I was the guy and played three sports and, you know, kind of always that, that, that first guy and everything. And, and then all of a sudden I get to Alabama and I'm not the guy. You're right. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm the backup and, and, uh, you know, ended up being a starter on special teams, but just had to grind, you know, in my first, uh, year, I was just in the weight room. My second year, I, I mean, I only got to dress for one game and then my, you know, and then all of a sudden my third, fourth and fifth year, I, I, I made the rotation and like I said, became a starter on special teams, but I was always the second team guy. And, uh, it was a big deal to be able to, to, to get my reps, if you will, to be able to get in the game and, and, and uh, it was something that I just, you know, there was a lot of guys that, that I thought should have gotten an opportunity that maybe didn't. And it was just, it's just one of those things. I think we're all shaped by our experiences yeah. in life. And certainly I've been, I was shaped by that. And, you know, another thing, a lot, not everybody got to dress for home games. Right. And, you know, most guys, a lot of the guys that would work all week, they'd have to go sit in the stands. And so I dress everybody on home games. And uh, I love to have them involved. And, it, and it's neat. That's our culture here. It's neat to see guys get excited about other people's opportunity and, our record was 94, and so to be able to play 111 guys, wow. uh, you know, and guys to be, for, for guys to be able to say, hey, they played for the Tigers. I mean, nobody can ever take that away from them. Right. And uh, there is no meaning, meaning, meaningless snap. I mean, these guys work really, really hard, and, and some will get to play along the way. Some will get to play hardly at all. So yeah. to get an opportunity, it was a special moment and, and uh, really cool for all those guys. A fun locker room, and it'll be a fun film session today going over the tape with them. Tigers at Tar Heels this coming weekend. 
the Clemson folks once again four and zero, number one in the national rankings. Mac Brown said that you, I think he said you were either first or among the first people in all of his world to text him when the rumors started swirling that he might be returning to Chapel Hill for part two of his time leading the Tar Heels. Uh, I know you had a relationship with him when he was a broadcaster. You mentioned you never thought you'd end up coaching a game against him. Uh, Give us the nature of that relationship and, and what you said when you reached out now that he's your opponent this weekend. Yeah, no, we have we've become, you know, really good friends, uh, you know, over over the years and and uh, I did not know him prior to oh nine, obviously knew who he was. Yeah. Followed him a long time, just one of those guys I respected and and uh, I reached out when I got the job in February of oh nine and, and just asked if I could come out and visit and bring my staff and uh, a lot of coaches told me no. Uh, but he, he graciously said, yeah, come on. And, uh, he spent a lot of time with me and we just became friends and, uh, and stayed in touch, you know, the rest of his time there at Texas. And then when he got into TV, uh, we would communicate a lot. And oftentimes he would text me, you know, before one of our guys, Hey, what, give me the your keys to your game, you know, and, like I'm planning on texting him right before our game. I want to know what the keys are for, uh, for them, but see if he'll share that with me. But uh, when when I did hear that he was getting a job, I just sent him a text and said, "Hey, is it true?" You know, and he just he just kind of texted back and he said, "Well, I'm working on the contract and just trying to get that. It, it, you know, if we don't have to play Clemson, I'll take the job or something like that. Some some funny comment. And uh, but I'm just really happy for him." You'd have told me back in '09, February of '09, I'm sitting in his office in, in Austin, Texas. That you know, eleven years, ten, eleven years later, I'm getting ready to play him as right. head coach at North Carolina. I would have thought you were crazy, <laughs> uh, but it's amazing how you know journey you know comes full circle, and he's doing a heck of a job. They could easily be four and zero right now, and and uh, they're playing hard. Uh, he's got them believing. Uh, you know, you can just already see his influence uh, on the program and. Just one of the great guys in this profession. Obviously, one of the greatest coaches ever, but but just one of the best people, and uh, just have a lot of respect for him. He loves the player, and uh, you know he's just been awesome for college football for a long time. It's an honor to be able to compete against him for the first time ever. Coach, we only have about a minute left, so you can either be serious about this or blow it off or be goofy about this. But you and Steve Spurrier both were regular guests on our show for a long time, and you used to both describe the mutual respect and the friendship you had, and you just loved shooting barbs at one another, and it was fun for everybody. When I saw you say the Citadel was probably Alabama's toughest game last year until they met Georgia, I wondered if you were trying to get some kind of back-and-forth going, or maybe you were continuing a back-and-forth with Nick Saban of Alabama. Now, you got football games to win, so I know you don't want distractions, but what's behind that sort of thing as we've seen a little back-and-forth between two teams that we often end up seeing play for the national title? Oh, my gosh. We have a world that is so thirsty for some controversy yes. or something. Yes. I mean, I mean, I, I people give me way too much credit. I'm not that smart. I mean, <laughs> first of all, I was just asked a question. It was a, I was just asked a question. Not like I made this comment. I, I meant nothing by it other than what I said. I was asked a question. They, the guy said, hey, did it surprise you that the Citadel beat Georgia Tech? Right. And I just answered. I said, no, nothing in college football surprises me. I said, heck, the Citadel was probably Alabama's toughest game last year. I, I, there was no, and all of a sudden people take it. And I mean, it's like <laughs> I have this veiled comments and I'm some 
I've encrypted message. No, I just answered a guy's question, and I was really just complimenting the Citadel. Nothing surprises me, you know. The Citadels—you don't want to play them. Guys are tough, and I was making the point that they how hard they played Alabama that first half, and and how you know Georgia State had been anything can happen. And I and I said, you know, Citadel beat uh, South Carolina. I mean, nothing. Why would any? Why would that surprise me? Uh, so there was there was no. <laughs> Spurrier-esque no. uh, comment. It just people love to look for anything, and like I said, they, they give me they give me way too much credit. Uh, I just I don't I don't I don't think like that. Good stuff. But, Good stuff. Uh, we're, we're out of time. Hey, thank whatever. you. Thank you for per- persevering through the technical difficulties. You're always good to us at the David Glenn yeah, Show. Man. Have fun on your trip to Chapel Hill. We will. It's been a while since I've been there one time in 17 years at Clemson. Is that not crazy? That is crazy. Well, we'll have uh, we'll have the welcome mat out for you and the Tigers. And that's it. Coach Sweeney's like the star of the show, man. We're out of time. I got to go. 